All right, take your Bibles, please, and turn to John chapter 3. Interesting spot. The message will be a little bit shorter this, <laughs> this evening, and now you've all gone from smiling to smirking. It's like, you know, yeah, let's, let's see if that really happens. But I like this portion, but just you, you don't have to take a whole lot of time to really get the gist of it. John chapter 3, and look, if you would please, at verse 20, excuse me, verse 17. Verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in him. It really does, it's, it's amazing, it just simply uh, outlines itself into, here's two different groups, and there it is. This is how you know the groups, this is how the groups respond, and this is how you can pray for those groups. So let's pray, and we will be getting into your light response shows. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, just speak, I pray, to us. Thank you for these people, and thank you most of all for salvation in Jesus Christ. Your will be done. And I pray, Lord, that through this week, we will respond positively to the light, and we will see others that will turn to the light. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Little boy said, Dad, did Grandpa make you go to Sunday school when you were my age? Well, his dad said, well, he sure did. We went every Sunday. The boy thought for a minute and with a frown on his face said, well, I bet it won't be do me any good either. <laughs> you know, there's always purpose in the time that Christ showed, that Christ spoke, that Christ gave a parable, Christ dealt with his disciples. And truth is, he is here to make a difference. But there is response. Too many churches today, and you know, we can think about who they might be. I pray they're not in our group, you know, but and, and I don't think so. But so many, Jesus is held up. He, he's, he's held up as a, as a moralist. He's held up as a good example. He's held up as a great teacher. Now, Christ came to save the lost. He came because of our sin. And mankind doesn't like to admit that. I'll never forget seeing somebody from the Freedom From Religion Foundation mocking the message of the gospel and Christians. And he said, yeah, it's amazing. Don't you, and he's talking about Christmas time. Why are you going to celebrate it? Don't you understand? They're saying, you know, he came because we're sinners. Ha, ha, ha. 
I wonder if he ever got mugged after that or something like that. The point is this. When we see the gospel, we make admittance to the purpose of our Savior here. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. It's interesting that at that time, you you look at the, excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. In the previous verse, Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But now he's saying, sent. And this is interesting in this, it's from the Greek word apostello. That's where we get our word apostle. It has the idea of sending forth a message on a definite mission. And it is this, that mankind is sinners. We are condemned outside of Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 1.15, the apostle Paul told Timothy that which he already knew. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then he made this statement, of whom I am chief. One of the things I'm realizing getting older is I'm so glad the Lord saved me, but he sure had to forgive me a whole lot of sin. Now, we don't get, we don't get down by that because we're saved from our sin. It's over. It is under the blood. But more and more, you praise God for the fact that we have Christ. You know, we were talking a little bit, talking a little bit about uh, standing, you know, this morning, having done all to stand, you know, with the, with the armor on and stuff. I came across something I'd never seen. This was, this was really neat. There's a woman by the name of Joanne Shelter. She was a Bible translator for the bungalow people in the Philippines. Do you know the name bungalow? Okay. It was something like that, Bangaloa, Bangaloa, something like that. But anyway, it was a group of people in the Philippines. When she came to this verse, when she came to this verse, she was trying to find the the right word to translate into their language for the word save. They didn't have a word for save. So, She said this, if a lawbreaker is brought before the tribal council in these people, there in the Philippines, to be judged and punished for an offense, but is released after a lawyer pleads his case, then what the lawyer or advocate, or, oh, she's asking this, then what did the lawyer or advocate do for the accused person? She's asking these people. They replied, The advocate made the man to stand. So after hearing that, this is how she translated John 3, 17. God did not send his son to earth to sentence people to punishment, but rather to make them stand. That's interesting. So here we have a provision 
Praise God when the provision is accepted. Look at verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Again, we're released from our punishment. The sin is eradicated from our lives. When we step into glory, I praise God, there's going to be, I don't know exactly how it's going to be. There's going to be no remembrance of sin except this. We'll see the scars. That will tell us the love that Christ had for us. John 5, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Now, we wind up, you know, we hear that a lot now. I mean, we've got Bibles, we read it, praise God for that. But have you ever found yourself just kind of meditating on all that a little bit more? My sins are gone. And then you start singing that song when you were a kid. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Now my soul is free and in my heart's a song. How does it go? Buried in the sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. Five people just quit watching us. I shall live eternally, praise God. My sins are G-O-N-E, gone. I like it. I praise God for it. Because every once in a while, Satan can bring along something that you did, and all of a sudden there's a chill that goes down your spine like, I can't believe I was that stupid. And then you realize that Christ paid for that penalty, you're not going to stand in judgment before God because of it. And then you start, you, then you start saying, boy, praise God, I am so glad. G-O-N-E gone. He has done for me exactly what he said. So Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I'd love that. Keep your finger there in John 3, but I want you to go to one of my favorite passages. In fact, down the road sometime, I've got to come back to this because I have reveled in this. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. I don't know how many of you have really enjoyed reading this, but I mean, this is one of those things where you almost want to grab a cup of coffee and a donut and just kind of sit there. You know, I, the cup of coffee and a donut, that's what my dad used to do, not me. Go to verse 2. Watch this. I, please, follow with me on this. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now, again, from the reading that I've been doing about Peter, you can see the progression of how here was a guy who was headstrong, brash, you know, I mean, he had a hardened will, and then the Lord kept working on him, and on Pentecost, bam, there was the change, and now you read him here. You take him from the when he was, when he was on, the, uh, on, the, on the fish boat, you know, fishing, to this. Look at verse four. 
whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And then he mentions seven things that, excuse me, eight things, you know, take these things on. And he says in verse eight, for if these things be in you and abound, they make that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sin. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, I love that phrase, these things, look at these things, you shall, watch this, never fall. That's akin to, hey, keep the complete armor on. You know, that's, the, you know, that's, that's where we get, in, again, in Ephesians, where we wind up recognizing that with this, we can, having done all, we can stand. John 3 again. Go back if you would, please. For the Son of Man, again, is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, so, provision accepted, but with some there's a peril ignored. Look at the rest of verse 18. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, again, we, we, we've, got, we've got two groups. I'm, 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 I'm going to be talking to you a, a phrase that I really enjoy, observation and response. I've used that with another message before, but observation and response. I'm not talking about looking at people and to, for gossip or to judge or whatever, but just observation. There are people that believe and believe not. There are people that are not condemned. There are people that are condemned already. These people, they did one simple thing. They turned to Christ. They trusted him to save them. These people, they just did nothing. Because in order to go to hell, you don't have to do a thing. You just keep right at where you're going. So for that reason, it's like, Lord, please help us. We know the verses that we give when we give the gospel to somebody. somebody. Romans 5.12, wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. One thing that we need to do, we need to make sure that this never gets to be dull, hardened in our hearts. It needs to stay fresh, and the Holy Spirit can do that. I'm saved. I'm born again. I mean, if Jesus Christ took us right now you will see an empty suit, empty shoes, two metal hips, and a metal knee. Oh, yeah, and, and, and the, the glasses, you know, sitting there. That's, that's it. Praise God. 
But now look at the test here. Look at the test. Look at verse 19. And this is the condemnation. And this is where we're talking about observation and response. This is the condemnation. That light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. There's one commentator that I really like, and I'm going to cite him specifically tonight. His name's John Butler. He does a good job. He brings this out. It's a great breakdown on this verse. He says, first of all, the favor for men. Light has come into the world. This speaks of Jesus Christ coming into the world. No greater favor was ever given mankind than Jesus coming to save sinners. Secondly, the fondness of men. Christ came as a favor to man. The problem is men love darkness rather than light. Men love sin more than righteousness. The laws being made in our land reveal the preference of this. The fondness of evil is because their deeds were evil. Third, the foulness of men. Their deeds were evil. You know, I loved President Reagan, but President Reagan got one thing wrong. He said that, man, that mankind was basically good. No, mankind isn't. Christ came to live, excuse me, to die for sinners because man is basically evil. So, Watch this. This is what we need to do. We need to observe, and in the observing, we need to pray for people. Look at verse 20. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Now remember what Christ said in John 9, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he said, ye are the light of the world. So here we are. So People will respond to us. They'll respond to the word. (coughs) This is why they respond. We need to understand that, you know, there was a time we were there. We need to pray for them. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Light is given. Like, like, you know, I cited this morning, Psalm 19. Do you know the stars are not there to make the night sky pretty? They're there as a testament to the creator. We can't forget that. Now, we know that the world has taken those things and they have tried to explain a universe that's billions of years old. I hurt for them. Men bend over backwards. They destroy science in order to say, no God, don't want him, don't care. I remembered hearing an illustration one time and I dug it up. I remembered hearing an illustration that I I, I really didn't, I, I didn't catch it somewhat but then I realized it fits this. An Arab, tree, an Arab chief tells a story of a spy who was captured and then sentenced to death by the general in the Persian army. This general had a strange custom of giving 
condemned criminals a choice between the firing squad and the big black door. The firing squad or the big black door. At the moment, as the moment for execution drew near, the spy was brought to the Persian general who asked the question, what will it be? The firing squad or the big black door? The spy hesitated. It was him, to him, it was a difficult decision. He chose the firing squad. Shots rang out, there it went. The general turned to his aide and said, they always prefer the known way to the unknown. It's a characteristic of people to be afraid of the undefined. People look at the gospel and they can't define it. So they're going to that which they know even though they're watching the wreckage of mankind time and again. The aide asked the, asked the general, what's behind the big black door? He said, freedom. If they chose the door, open the door, you're free to go. He said, but you wouldn't believe how few people have chosen the big black door. Satan loves to cloud people's minds. You know, it's like we came through and it's like, wow! <laughs> you get to reading, you get to reading the, the, the you know the word of the word of God. Um, there's a young man that usually sits over here. I'm not going to say his name, but he is getting discipled, and he was telling me this morning. He says, "Hey." I'm learning so much about this book. Praise God for that. Praise God. Because, it's, you know, it's like, wow, he did this, he did that. This is what we've got. This is what we have. Glory! It's so sad when people won't choose one thing. Instead, they'll go for what definitely will lead them down a life of death. And time after time after time after time, we're watching people die because of their habits, because of their choices, because of the wickedness of this world. And yet somehow it's just not the good thing to come to the one who said, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So think about what we observe. In some ways that brings in, you know, a, a it helps us pray for people because it's like if you, if you only knew there was somebody here this morning that I wanted to take again and say, if you only knew, if you only recognize what Christ has done. Now look at verse 21. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Christ is. So he that doeth truth, he that comes to Christ, cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. What's that saying? You trust Christ, it's going to make a difference. 
you turn to him, it's going to make a difference. I, <laughs> I, there are, Roger, has anybody ever, anybody ever accused you of using a, uh, a, a, an illustration over and over again? Okay, I do that. But you know, sometimes there are illustrations that are really good. I just, I remember hearing years ago, and I've used it time and again, but um, somebody was, uh, came up to a guy and this guy's reading his Bible. Oh man, do you, you really believe that? He says, I sure do. He said, why? Well, no, nah. he says, you really believe the Lord, and he'd just become a Christian. He says, you really believe the Lord turned water into wine? And he stopped for a second. Well, he says, I, I don't know. I'm new at this. I'm just learning, but I do know this. He turned my beer into furniture. Here's a thought. Ephesians 5, 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We don't always, it's hard, but praise God. People are watching. At the 100th anniversary of the arrival of missionaries in Zaire, Christians gathered to celebrate from that part of Zaire that was once called the Belgian Congo. Near the end of the celebration, a very old man stood to give a speech. He said that he would die soon and that he needed to tell something that no other man still living knew. He explained that when the first white missionaries came, his people didn't know whether to believe their message or not. So they devised a plan to slowly and secretly poison the missionaries and watch them die. One by one, children and adults became ill, died, and were buried. It was when his people, when his people saw how these missionaries died that they decided to believe their message. The missionaries never knew what was happening. They didn't know they were being poisoned, and they didn't know why they were dying. Their faithfulness to the Lord convinced the people they ministered to that their message was true. That's a challenge to me. As day by day, I don't know what the Lord, what the Lord will allow into my life to come in, but I want people to see that the message that I preach is true. In closing, sometimes we can mess up and we need to be careful about that. Little girl got home from Sunday school where she had been taught Matthew 5.16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. She asked her mother what the verse meant. Her mom said, well, it means that when you're good and kind and thoughtful and obedient, you're letting Christ's light shine in your life before all who know you. Well, the next Sunday was a little bit different, and she had a hard time, and she had a bad attitude, and she kind of disobeyed and this and that, and the Sunday school teacher told her mom, and the lady sat her daughter down, and she said, honey, what happened? 
And the little girl with tears looked up at her mom and said, Mommy, I blowed myself out. Let your light so shine. Well, I pray that we get to do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we observe people and we see who moves to the light and who resists the light, may our prayer be for them specifically, either encouragement or an intercession for those that are resistant. We've got a week that maybe you're going to give us the whole week. There'll be people that we run into. Lord, I pray we'll be faithful. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.